Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another edition of the Know Your Enemy podcast. My name is Michael Beck, your deputy editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Joined as by always by one Mr. Jeffrey Benedict. Jeffrey, how are you doing tonight, sir? Doing good, man. Anytime. Anytime we get to do our show, it's a good time. I wholeheartedly agree with that, especially because we have a very special guest here uh, breaking down uh, Saturday night's game. Uh, Jeremy from uh, Pride of Detroit, another SB Nation blog. How are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing great, fellas. How are you? Oh, loving it. We, we got football back. How could we Absolutely. not be in a good mood? Uh, really, to kind of kick off the questions here tonight, of course, uh, playing against uh, the Dan Campbell-led uh, Detroit Lions. Uh, I got to know, do the Pittsburgh Steelers players have to worry about their kneecaps in this one? <laughs> I mean, they might. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I, <laughs> it, it's been a, a, a fun kind of new era of, of Lions football in terms of just their mentality because you know you come from a really uh of the era of Matt Patricia had so many things wrong with it and and maybe the most petty of them was that they were just boring um because he's not a guy with a, a lot of personality not a lot of guy who not a guy who really likes to like let his personality shine in, in a press conference or even you know behind the scenes at all so it's a it's a nice kind of breath of fresh air to have a guy like Dan Campbell just be entertaining on a day-to-day basis and whether he's talking about kneecaps or talking about putting espresso shots in his coffee uh it's it's you never know what you're gonna get every press conference and and as someone who you know has to do that every day has to be at press conferences every day uh i i definitely appreciate that does that kind of energy 
uh, translate to what you're hearing about practices and then uh, when he's interacting with the team? Is is he bringing that energy consistently? I mean, absolutely. No question. I, I would say like the tempo of practice can be a little laid back at times, but in terms of like the way the coaches are interacting with the players on the field, like they're really getting into it. And and you look at the Lions coaching staff, it's just chock full of former players that you can tell like part of them just feels like they want to be right back out there with them. And I feel like they're playing the game vicariously through through these players. And and it's resonating. The 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 players, especially the ones that are left over from the Matt Patricia era, uh, are, are are seem to be a lot happier. They're they're kind of carrying themselves with more confidence. Um, they're they're having more fun out there, which may mean nothing, may mean something. You you never know what will translate into actual you know results on the field and wins and things like that. But um, there's definitely a more positive attitude towards practice, and uh, and I think the the team is really resonating with the message so far. I'm blanking on the coach that uh, Dan Campbell replaced in Miami. It might have been Philbin. I, I, I can't remember. But it, when he took over uh, as interim head coach, his only other uh, stint as a head coach in the NFL, he turned that team around. I, I think they won some like four of their last five games, go, going from the worst team in football up to picking like close to 10. Like he completely changed that organization when he took over, didn't get the job, but uh, as a head coach now. Does the energy just feel different? Is he someone that uh, is really kind of motivating these guys and this team already feels like it's trending in a better direction? I, I honestly do think so. I mean, like I said, it, it's hard to project whether this sort of stuff, you know, translates to wins or not. But and, and you know, it, it's it's spring summer football. Everyone's feeling pretty optimistic about their chances right now. Um, but you look at like I said, you look at some of those young players that were there during the Patricia era that had just kind of lost lost it whether it's confidence, whether it's playing, like you look at a guy like Jeff Okuda, a guy who came in with, with ton of expectations of rookie season. He didn't come in with a lot of confidence. Um, you know, he dealt with a, a shortened off season like everyone else did and a tough situation to be put in, but he's coming out and he's just like, he's barking at players. He's, he's, he's just, he's, I mean, he's already serving as a mentor to some, some players. He, he really looks like a, a completely different person. And, and that, that goes across the board. I mean, TJ Hawkinson now looks like a, a caveman after just kind of being a buttoned up quiet guy for, for a couple of years in Detroit under Patricia. Um, uh, Tracy Walker, uh, a fourth year safety who hasn't really reached that second level playing with that swagger as well. So there's just a lot of more swagger, a lot more confidence to this team. And I think it, it, uh, you can attribute a lot of that to the coaching staff. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested in this topic specifically because Steeler fans remember like the first year of Bill Cower, where the team all of a sudden you realize, whoa, they actually have really good players on this team. You know, yeah. hey, these these guys actually can play. And all of a sudden they go from from not being very good to being very good under a coach who basically just lit a fire under everybody. Uh, Bill Cower is never an X's and O's guy. He was never a, you know, a strategy coach, but he was an energy coach. He was all about getting guys, you know, in the right place to play. The Steelers had great success under him. Uh, what areas does he have to build with? Like, what what is Detroit? What is the strengths of the Detroit Lions that that this guy has to build with? Well, I think it starts in the trenches. Um, the Lions have invested. You know, one thing that Bob Quinn, the former GM, did a lot of is, is invest in that offensive line, and some of them have paid off. A lot of them haven't as well. But you look. At Frank Ragnow, arguably a top two center in the league right now. Taylor Decker is playing like a top 10 left tackle. They just obviously drafted Penny Sewell with the seventh overall pick. So um, Jonah Jackson's a third round pick. And then they, they spent a lot of money on Halapuli Vati Vaitai at right guard. So 
Um, that, Nailed that, it, by that's, the way. Yeah, yeah I've, plenty of practice. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that that is a full unit that should perform at a top 10 level this year. And obviously it's going to take some time for, for it to gel since there's a couple new pieces there. But um, it, it's definitely, I think, the identity that the, this team is trying to adopt and so we're going to see this team try to run the ball a lot, and um, you know they, they got a couple of good weapons in in the in the backfield there with uh, DeAndre Swift, and they they spent a lot on Jamal Williams this offseason. That's a pretty good one two punch as long as they stay healthy. And you know Anthony Lynn is a guy who um, has built a good running offense in, in his past, whether it's in Buffalo or in Los Angeles with the Chargers. Um, I think that's kind of the identity that they're trying to to pull off because. If we're being honest, they don't really have a great wide receiving core, and Jared Goff has his questions. So what better way to help out a quarterback than to develop a good running game? And so I think that's kind of the the idea on offense. On defense, it's kind of the same. They they spent a ton of money and a ton of resources on the defensive line. They trade for Michael Brockers. They they draft Levi Onzerike with the second-round pick, Aline McNeil with the third-round pick. Um, so they, they've made a ton of changes on the defensive side of the ball, specifically in that uh, defensive tackle area. So um, it, it – it, it's funny because a lot of the kind of X's and O's philosophies are kind of the same from the Matt Patricia era. It really seems like this um, coaching staff wants to do the same thing, which is run the ball and stop the run, um, which some some would say is a bit outdated. But um, given the personnel that they have, I think it actually kind of makes some sense for them this year. So in that you mentioned Taylor Decker's name, it's kind of an interesting situation. Uh, of course, Penny Sewell being a left tackle in Oregon. Are they kind of okay with Sewell uh, on the right side, or are they kind of still kind of trying to envision a future where uh, perhaps they move on from Decker? Of course, I think he's under contract for another four years after this one, uh, sliding Sewell over to the left. Uh, I know the Steelers just opened up a bunch of cap space, and, and we're trying to figure out what kind of secondary move <laughs> they might be trying to make. I, I threw that name out there. Uh, is he someone that could be on the trade market despite uh, playing so well, or what's kind of going on with the, the tackles? I, I'd be very surprised at this point. It, that might be a long-term idea, but Taylor Decker has been, you know, a, a, a captain of this team, a leader in that locker room. So uh, it, it would be tough to part from him right away, I think. Um, and the Lions also don't have a ton of offensive tackle depth. You know, Tyrell Crosby is a guy who's played pretty well for them in, in, in spots here and there, um, but he's currently dealing with an injury, and then everyone else is just kind of like, well, you you can play him if you have to, but you don't really want him to be your starter. And so um, I, I think, you know, I don't think any trade is off the table with a, a team in rebuild like this. I mean, they just traded a franchise quarterback away for a couple first-round picks. So it, it would have to be a pretty lucrative deal, I think. And I, it, by all means, I, the Lions have not shown any sort of sign of disappointment of Taylor Decker, and he seems like he's all in. He said he's loved, he'd love to finish his career in Detroit. So I don't think that's likely. They, the Lions haven't shown any expectations to move Penesuel to left tackle. I know a lot of people are concerned about taking an offensive tackle in the top 10, then changing his position. Um, and, and, and rightfully so. I mean, it, it's, it's a risk, but Penesuel played right tackle in, in high school. So it's not a, a completely foreign position to him. And, and so far it seems like he's adjusting pretty okay. With, with your offensive line, uh, the Lions, have in the last like set of years, like like going back even almost like uh, seven eight years, have had really good success with drafting offensive linemen, both ones that stay with the team and even ones that leave the team and are are starting elsewhere. There's a whole bunch of yeah. linemen just around the league that were drafted by the Lions, uh, starting in the NFL. Is that is that coaches? Is that someone in the organization that really has a great eye for for linemen? Is there any clear cut 
reason why the Lions are having such success with with offensive line? It, I mean, it's a good question. I, I would say it, it was one thing that Bob Quinn was pretty pretty darn good at. Um, he he has a especially in the draft, he has a pretty good reputation of of who he drafted. Graham Glasgow is one of those examples of a guy who isn't around anymore, but is still pretty much thriving in the league. Um, but you know, they their their offensive line coach has been around just for a couple of years. Obviously, there's a new GM um, in town now, so we'll, we'll see how Penny Sewell. Uh, works out, but I, I guess I'd say I would just say it's a testament to to Bob Quinn and and the one maybe the one thing he did pretty well while he was here um, in the past you know six years or so. Um, unfortunately, never really all came together on the field. You know, the Lions obviously haven't had a good run game really since Barry Sanders was around, and, and Stafford got beat up pretty much the entire twelve years that he was here. So it, it seemed like he was just about you know the the pieces were coming together, but for whatever reason, they just never all came together at once. To, to just completely veer off track here, Jeffrey, did your wife just bring you a drink? That that's why I was laughing. I, I saw something happen off off screen there. Did, did you just get a a beverage? Yeah, there it is. <laughs> uh, it's usually something alcoholic. I'm I'm guessing it's just some tea tonight. So uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll leave it at that and get yeah, back into the it's, actual uh, It's some. It's black tea, honey, lemon, and uh, whiskey because I have not been oh, okay. Have trouble with my throat. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit well, of everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, back to your, your scheduled content. Uh, Jeremy, for this game, of course, uh, obviously every team in the preseason has their own position battles. Um, uh, us being Steeler fans, not kind of knowing those depth spots, of course, in the Lions. What should we, we be looking out for in the Detroit side of the ball? Who's kind of going head to head? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. I mean, there's there's a lot since you know th- this is a team that that changed basically over half of their roster in the past you know few months or so so there's really a lot of new things and moving pieces here i would say the wide receiving core is 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 something that that i think they're still trying to figure out um i think Tyrell Williams is is going to be their number 1 but obviously this is a team that lost really everyone in the wide receiving core this offseason they lost Marvin Jones they lost Kenny Galladay they lost Danny Amendola they lost Jamal Williams like or um, J- Jamal Agnew i should say so it, it's a clean slate. It's literally none of the guys basically from last year returning outside of Quintus Cephas, who's probably um, a depth player. But you got you got uh, I mean, you got Tyrell Williams as your number one and everything else is up for grabs. As I said, as I, said uh, I would say most likely the, the starting nickel or I should say the starting slot receiver is Amon Ross St. Brown. And he's a guy that you're going to have a lot of fun watching because he is an intense player. He's been kind of lighting up camp. Um, and, and I imagine he'll play a, a good chunk in the first quarter or two. Um, and then outside of that, like I said, like Brashad Perriman is a guy who's been around the league a lot already and, and hasn't really made an impression yet. This will probably be his first opportunity to play in the preseason. Um, Quintus Cephas, as I mentioned, a, a, a mid-round pick last year. Then it's just kind of a bunch of unknowns, to be honest. And so we'll, we'll see kind of what plays out there. And then I would say on the defensive side of the ball, um, it, it's cornerback. It, the lines are trying to figure out you know, what they have there. I think the, the two starters are kind of locked in in Jeff Okuda and Amani Oruwarie, two guys that are, are recent draft picks, but haven't really proven it at this level yet. So um, they're they're going to have to show out in the preseason to, to really build some confidence. And then again, beyond that, a lot of question marks. You got a Fatu Melifanwu, uh, a third round pick this year. Um, and then, and they've done a lot of shuffling, um, since then. So they just moved a, a safety to, to corner. They moved a nickel corner to the outside. So in Mike Ford. So, uh, you know, if you're really interested in, in what the lines look like in this, in the second half, there's, there's going to be a lot of kind of untested guys there on the outside corners. 
Um, so it might be an opportunity for some of your, your depth wide receivers to, to kind of pop off there in maybe the third and fourth quarters. Speaking Jeff, you off really, really quick, though, I, I got to compliment Jeremy on his ability to uh, spout out these names. It's just an insane uh, <laughs> roster of names, the Detroit Lions. So good for you. I'm glad the Steelers don't have this uh, this name thing. But uh, Jeff, the, pronunci- the pronunciation guide is your friend. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, it's going to be fun uh, watching people try and call this preseason game. Yeah, just because of the Lions. Uh, but you you mentioned the turnover on the roster and the biggest. One has to be at the quarterback position. Yeah. Uh, what are the thoughts right now on Jared Goff and uh, Matthew Stafford being swapped? Well, I think most people agreed at the time that it was basically as good of a, a deal as the Lions could have gotten. I mean, two first round picks and, and a third round pick is is quite a haul. We don't see that that sort of thing happen very often. And when the Lions can, you know, part with a, a guy who by all means was maybe maybe the best quarterback in franchise history um, in an amicable way, considering how things broke apart with Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson, Charlie batch, uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe a little bit of Charlie, Batch, uh, but um, just to see them kind of part ways in, in a mutual way that, that worked out for both sides. Um, that was kind of a relief. Now getting Jared Goff in return is, is definitely a part that a thing that kind of splits the lions fan base in half. I think a lot of people want to know part of him and would have rather them seen them go and use a draft pick on a rookie quarterback or, or go get someone else. Um, and, and, you know, early reports in camp are, are kind of up and down. Um, it, it's an adjustment. First of all, like I think, I think sometimes you expect Jared Goff to do all the things that, that Matthew Stafford did. And he's just not that quarterback. He's, he's going to succeed in different ways. Um, and, and the offense is going to look a lot different. They aren't going to take as many shots under Jared Goff. They're, they're going to do a lot of underneath things and, and they really have a receiving core that's probably better fit to do those sort of things. So I, I would say most people are, are not looking at Jared Goff as, as probably a long-term answer for this franchise, but um, a good chunk of them are willing to give him a chance. And, and I think the Lions front office are, are some of those people because, you know, their new general manager, Brad Holmes was one of the guys that was, um, you know, the loudest voice in, in the Rams draft room when they, when they got Jared Goff. So he certainly believes in Jared Goff. Um, I, I think I think they're going to give him a, a fair chance to to lead this team to to some wins early on. It's unfortunate that he doesn't have a better wide receiving core, but um, I, th- I think he'll have a fair shot. And um, I'm I'm probably if you're asking my personal opinion on him, I haven't been completely impressed with him in in training camp. Um, we'll, we'll see kind of when a full running game is is developed there and 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 that sort of stuff. But to me, I still see a little hesitation in in, in you know, taking some necessary chances downfield. I still th- see kind of uh, a rely- over-reliance maybe on, on just checking down and, and maybe, maybe you know, the, the, since he had, you know, 15, 20 turnovers in the past couple of years, um, he's, he's just kind of being a little bit more cautious with the ball, and, and I can understand the, the value in that. But um, it's going to take some getting used to, to to deal with a downgrade at quarterback. Uh, and and But, but I'll, I'm willing to see what he'll do and, and – you know, maybe, maybe it means he's more careful with the football. Maybe it means it's more of a ball control offense rather than, you know, just kind of high octane throw it down all the time, which isn't as exciting, but we see some other teams kind of succeed with that kind of offense. So willing to give it a chance. So Jeremy, I do want to ask about uh, the long snapping situation. Of course, <laughs> uh, yesterday cutting a long time. So what's year 17 long snapper? Yeah. Uh, it's David Malbach. Don Malbach, yeah. Okay. Um, so 17 years in the, in the league, 40th birthday, gets cut on his birthday. 
are people pissed about this? Like, how did this all happen? How did this come down? Yeah, I mean, they, they are a little bit. Um, Don Muehlbach was was a fan favorite just because he stayed a lot. I mean, he did his job for, like you said, 17 years here in Detroit. And, you know, and given that we don't have a lot of great things to, to hang our hat on here in Detroit in terms of football, sometimes you're like, you get a little excited about a long snapper and, and, you know, kind of make a meme out of it. And, you know, maybe it's not all that serious and, you know, he's a 40 year old player. So I think cutting him in general, I think most people would have been upset because he's been an integral part of the team and at least in terms of their identity um, for so long, but it, people would have understood it. You know, they need to get younger at every position and, and, you know, when it comes to snapping the ball, he's great. But when it comes to punt coverage, do you really prefer a 40-year-old to maybe a 27-year-old making a tackle? Those are the types of things you really have to think about. But the timing of it all, when the beginning of the day, you see Jared Goff, like, buy these huge 40 lights to put in his locker room, and someone bought him a rocking chair as a, as a joke, and they're all putting it on their Instagrams, and everyone's having a good time with Don Muehlbach, only for hours later for him to be cut on his 40th birthday – it's a bad look. It just is. And, and it wasn't necessary. The lines were already down to their 85 roster limit. Um, they ended up signing a, a, a linebacker today to take up his spot, which is a guy who passed through waivers. So there was no urgency to sign that guy. So it just seemed like an unnecessarily bad PR hit that they completely could have avoided. And I don't know if it was ignorance that they didn't know it was his birthday or if they were just like, this is how the business works. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't really understand it. But um, it it was a bad look, and and yeah, some people were were pissed about it. But it, in the long run, like I think people are going to get over it pretty quick, and and it was probably a move that that was going to happen sooner rather than later, anyways. The Steelers haven't played Detroit in the regular season since 2017, uh, and in the preseason since the year before that, 2016. This year we play both, both times. We play in the preseason and in the regular season. How many? Obviously, he's obviously your long snapper is not going to be here for this one. How many? How many players are still around from that 2017 <laughs> Lions team? Oh man! I mean, in 2017, you know, like Jesse James is on the on the Steelers, <laughs> right? And he's already off the Lions again. So, uh, yeah, that's a good question. I I will say that Taylor Decker is now the longest tenured Lions player on the team, and he was drafted in 2016. So, not many is going to be wow. the answer to your question. Um, I, I have to imagine the answer is probably in the single digits if we're if we're being honest. Um, so yeah, it's a completely different team. Obviously, completely different coaching staff. Even the owner has changed since then. Uh, general manager, front office. There's, I mean, it's just a completely different team. And hopefully, that means better down the line. Um, but this is year one of kind of everything being new. So um, I wouldn't expect to see a team that was necessarily much better than that 2017 team because you know the lines weren't terrible back then they, you know Jim Caldwell was still the head coach and the lines were being competitive back to back nine and seven seasons which is you know two winning seasons back to back was something the lines hadn't seen in, in a couple decades so um it'll be a much different team but I can't I can't say for certain it's going to be a better team um for this game coming up on Saturday of course uh I'd say the, the most casual NFL fans like yeah, you watch every Sunday they probably know the starting quarterbacks around the league when it comes to Steelers roster, I, I think I think a lot of fans would probably know at least the top three guys uh, uh, behind Ben being, of course, Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins. But uh, Detroit, who's kind of behind Jared Goff? Who should we kind of know and expect to uh, take uh, those snaps behind center on Saturday night? Yeah, uh, I think the the primary backup is is Tim Boyle, um, former Packers backup. Um, he actually beat Jordan Love in uh, in the training camp battle last year, um, and so Packers fans. 
and, and, and media were actually really, really high on a guy like Tim Boyle. Um, and we're kind of surprised to see the, the Packers let him go and, and thought it was a really good signing for the Lions. It hasn't quite been as rosy since he's been here. Um, he's got a heck of an arm, uh, a, a really a cannon, and, and and that allows him to make some like really really impressive throws. But the calibration is off. Um, it can kind of go anywhere. He, his accuracy is not really there. And um, to be honest, I, I, I'm not entirely sure you're going to see him on Sunday because or on Saturday because he did a- injure his ankle during the last preseason game. Lines lines backup offensive line is rough. So. Uh, <laughs> Um, he got beat up pretty bad. I think he he literally took two roughing the passer penalties uh, in in one half of of, of play there. So um, he may play. I, I think I think Dan Campbell did say he he expects him to play, but he didn't practice yesterday. So we'll, we'll kind of wait and see with that. Um, Tim Boyle, or, or I'm sorry, David Blau was the other one, um, former Purdue quarterback. He was with the Lions um, for the past couple of years. He's had to to play a little bit when Matthew Stafford was injured a couple of years ago. Um, nothing dynamic necessarily about him. He's just kind of like a, a solid guy who does everything at an average level. Um, led the lines on a, on a touchdown drive last week. Um, and I, I have to imagine he's, he's actually really been kind of two a to B to Tim Boyle. And I, I would say he's kind of in the competition to, to be the backup, especially if Boyle can't go, um, this week or next. So, um, he's been he's been okay. He's been efficient, but um, like I said, no, nothing about his game that particularly wows you. Um, and then uh, the Lions actually signed a backup quarterback this week, just in case. Um, I think Tim Boyle doesn't go in, in Jordan Te'amu, who you may mm-hmm. remember as the starting quarterback for the St. Louis Battlehawks uh, in the XFL last year. Uh, a guy who brings a little bit of mobility, a little bit of excitement, but um, he was on the Lions practice squad last year a little bit. So um, haven't really seen him at an NFL level. Don't really know what they have in that, but uh, kind of a fun story to, to keep an eye on if, if he's there in the fourth quarter, perhaps. Outside outside of quarterback, uh, is there anyone to look out for that has kind of caught the attention of Lions fans that may not be a starter, but but looks promising and looks kind of exciting later in the game? Yeah, I, I would point to a couple of rookies. Um, Derek Barnes, their their fourth round pick. Um, he only played eight snaps in the preseason opener, but he managed to um, almost sack the quarterback on a blitz, uh, get a tackle for loss, and basically just like end an entire drive on his own. Um, he's a guy who's also coming back from injury, so I'm not sure how much you'll see him, but chances are you'll see him probably in the second half, just because I think they're they're trying to ease him in. And then Levi Onzerike, their second round pick. I know. Not exactly a sleeper guy, but um, he he's practicing for the first time this week with pads on after dealing with a bit of a back injury out of college. Um, he's expected to play in this game, and again, we're not really sure how much, but his first practice, he just was all over the place. He actually almost knocked over David Blau, which is obviously a big no-no in training camp. You don't touch the red jersey, but I think that speaks to just how eager and excited he was to be out there. And I have to imagine he's going to bring that same intensity to this game. So you might see him a little bit earlier because the Lions are dealing with a lot of injuries on and on the at the defensive tackle position right now. Um, but I think he's going to be a really fun player to watch on Saturday and hopefully on Sundays. Uh, yeah, that's a good one to keep in mind. Uh, I know um, when it comes to this game, the Steelers are pretty much planning on playing everyone unless uh, TJ Watts gets a contract extension done over the next what uh, day and a half here. Um, I guess. Uh, 84 of the 85 players will be available to them. But uh, is that kind of what Detroit's also looking at? Or are they going to play everyone that's healthy? Or uh, what's what's kind of the deal with the rotation that we should expect Saturday night? Yeah, I, I think that's probably what the, the case is. For the first preseason game, they basically had the starters play for one quarter, uh, which amounted to two drives for each, um, the offense and the defense. And I think that's just kind of going to be the plan going forward um, the entire way because – 
new regime, new players, new schemes. I, I think they just want to be as prepared as possible for, for the start of the regular season. That means giving them a lot of time. Um, Dan Campbell say, hasn't said exactly you know what the plan is. Obviously, they, they didn't get the four preseason games like the Steelers did, so they have to kind of adjust to a, a three-game preseason schedule rather than the four. So um, they, they might get a full half in this one. They might save the half for um, the third preseason game. They might get a half for both. Um, but I would expect to see a good chunk of the of the starters on on both uh you know, this Saturday and going forward just because they, they need those reps. What are your expectations for the Lions this year? Like what what would constitute a, a successful first year for, for Dan Campbell? Yeah, I don't I mean I don't know if I want to put a, a win loss total on it because I, I think I think expectations are, are fairly low. I don't think this this team is expected to win. You know, if, if they want anything more than you know, seven games, I think it would be a, a, a pretty big surprise. I think, I think the key is just watching some of these young players develop. And, and I know that's not a very, you know, tangible or, or, you know, measurable goal to have, but a guy like Jeff Okuda, we need to see him take a, a huge year two step. Um, and, and given that the Lions have Aaron Glenn, a, a very well, highly thought of defensive coordinator and a former Pro Bowl defensive back himself, um, coaching him, I think there's some optimism that, that that'll happen. I think the defense needs to take a big step. Obviously, it was ranked 31 or 32 in most, mostly every category last year. So um, to see some sort of development there uh, needs to happen. And then offensively speaking, I, I, I think there just needs to be some sort of semblance of, of a plan going forward because we don't know if Jared Goff is part of that plan. We don't know if the running game is ever going to get off the ground because we've been promised it's going to happen this year for 10 years in a row, you know, we've got the young running back, we've got the offensive line draft picks and it just has never come. So those are kind of like the individual goals that, that we're looking for in terms of an overall picture. I think it's just players that are buying in for the entire season and not, you know, when this team is struggling, jumping ship. I think it's watching Dan Campbell as a head coach. I, th- I think if there's a question about him, you, you mentioned he's kind of the, the motivator uh, head coach and that's fine, but there's also, you know, some things he has to do in terms of game management going forward on fourth down clock management. Um, we, we don't exactly know from his time in, in Miami, how much that has changed. He, you know, he, he, he was in a assistant head coach under Sean Payton, one of the more aggressive head coaches. So you, you hope maybe he got some influences from there. So um, I'm, I'm hoping, hoping to see some, some promise there from him as a head coach. And then, you know, the rest of the coaching staff hopefully lives up to the, the billing that, that a lot of people think they're, this is a pretty good group so far. Uh, Jeremy, I'll, I'll give you one more question before we let you get out of here. Um, for this game specifically, of course, at Heinz Field, the Lions uh, is at, for this game is set at uh, Pittsburgh minus five and a half. Uh, if you were a betting man, what what kind of the coin would you be leaning on in uh, in this game? Oh man, betting preseason game. That's yeah. that's a tough one to go out here. <laughs> that's a hardcore gambler right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean. Since, since the Steelers are playing their starters and I expect them to, to be a better team than the Lions this year, I, I think picking the Steelers makes a lot of sense here. Um, you know, I I don't have a ton of faith in the Lions' depth at offense to, to maybe play from behind, even though they did against the Bills last week um, and, and, you know, took a late lead before they, they lost it again. Um, so, I, I mean, I think I guess I would lean on the side of, of the Steelers there. Um, there's, there's just too many questions with the Lions' depth. I think if they get in a tough situation going down early against the, the Steelers starters, like I mentioned that that starting offensive line is just kind of a, a sieve right now. And I would not trust a guy like David Blau or, you know, a hobbled uh, Tim Boyle to, to bring the lines back to 
a, a close victory or, or, you know, beating that five point spread. So I'll take the Steelers there. And, um, but I would highly recommend if anyone is listening, do not gamble on the preseason. <laughs> <laughs> wise, wise words. Uh, Jeremy, before we let you go, is there anything you want to plug? Um, if you're interested in, in Detroit Lions stuff for, for any sort of reason, obviously go to prideofdetroit.com, the SB Nation blog for the Detroit Lions. We have our own podcast where we just recorded our own preview where we mostly focus on the Lions, but if you want to know more about this Lions team before the, the team matches up, uh, just look for what we call the POD cast, but I would search Pride of Detroit because if you search POD cast, you're going to find every podcast in existence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Jeremy, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me, fellas. All righty. So uh, if you are watching on YouTube or Facebook, we will uh, click over to our part two now. So just hang tight if you're on YouTube or Facebook. Uh, if you are watching uh, or listening rather on uh, any of your uh, podcasting apps, you can click over to part two uh, now where we will have some more special guests and focus on the Pittsburgh Steelers side of things. So we'll be back in just a moment. Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.